to the CMIO Podcast, a show devoted to educating and informing those who are making healthcare easier for others. Whether you're involved with informatics, analytics, or new technologies that make the lives of our practicing clinicians better, this show is for you. My name is Mark Weissman, a practicing physician and CMIO and the host of CMIO Podcast. Today, I have with me Dr. Stephen Beeson. He's a practicing physician at Sharp Healthcare and is known as one of the top national experts for helping providers deliver exceptional patient and provider experience. He is the founder of a company called Practicing Excellence. So I thought this topic would be great to cover because there's such an overlap between optimizing a provider and delivering that exceptional patient experience. I think it's clear that engaged providers deliver the highest quality care and engaged patients are more likely to follow our recommendations. So experience for both is crucial. Steve happens to be an expert in both of these areas. Stephen, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this. No, absolutely. I mean, it, uh, sort of born and raised in San Diego, uh, trained at University of California, San Diego in family medicine and uh, undergraduate medical school and residency. Uh, finished in uh, the mid-90s. I joined a medical group uh, at Sharper Steely Medical Group and got involved in physician leadership uh, just after 2000 and in a group that was you know struggling a little bit in terms of not only patient experience but clinician experience and was tasked with the endeavor of engaging and enrolling clinicians in an organizational improvement effort and, and really spent the next 15 years on number one what prompts clinicians to crawl out of the back seat and into the front seat and and also how do we help and support and build the skills of clinicians so they number one, become their best, and number two, do so in a way that allows them to find joy and, and purpose and fulfillment in their work, knowing that that's been a, a pandemic challenge in regards to uh, physician burnout. So I now have undertaken this as sort of my life calling, um, uh, helping and supporting and coaching physicians to deliver exceptional care, and again, to do so in a way that allows them to, to really love and find the very, very best of this profession. That's one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show. You have that knowledge of how to support clinicians. As CMIOs, we, we find ourselves in that role frequently, but not necessarily with the tool set or the resources to help providers help patients. And part of that is how to deliver the patient experience that's going to wow them and make them want to stay with that provider, that system. So how can CMIOs help in this area? Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the technology interface and the workflow associated with the electronic health record has become such an important part of care delivery. And, and to not take that into account when we're helping and supporting clinicians, again, be their best, um, I think is just short-sighted. And, you know, the really, really great CMIOs that I see where, where physicians, where you approach them and say, you know, how is your... Uh, your, your information management experience been, they go, oh man, I love the EHR, we're tapping it for all sorts of different benefit, our portal is fantastic, our, you know, you, you don't hear that commentary very often, but <laughs> no, no, but but those places where you get those, you know, early feedback and indicators, there, there's a couple of things that are happening that I see. Um, number one, uh, the CM, CMIOs and the technical team are really proactive. Um, they they assume, rightfully so, 
that the clinicians are not using the technology the way that it was designed to be used, uh, whether it be search functionality, workflows, uh, macros, whatever it is. And, and they and they build a constantly improving, constantly investing, constantly coaching, helping, and collaborating around optimization of their technology. And clinicians are super appreciative of that. When you're in a work group with four or five, six, seven, eight other clinicians, in a migrating roadshow on how to best use the technology, clinicians walk out of those sessions uniformly and say, wow, didn't realize that our electronic health record did that. And they're super appreciative of the leaders that are sort of governing that process. So uh, CMIOs can be sort of um, conductors with super users conducting those small groups throughout a clinical uh, enterprise. Uh, I've seen that. Um, the other thing that I've seen is that they will harvest uh, kind of, you know, th there's analytics that you can see where people are using your technology effectively and you tap those clinicians on the shoulder and say, hey, would you mind being a, a, a champion for this endeavor and coaching and training other clinicians on how to do this? And having, again, work groups where clinicians are collaborating, exchanging ideas, helping and supporting each other. And, and the idea of helping each other on a common shared challenge is a countermeasure to burnout just in general. It's a way to create friendships and exchange ideas and get better together on stuff that is a common challenge. Um, and I think the third thing that I see is, is to know that uh, the use of technology in the exam room with the patient is a skill set just like uh, identifying patients' fears and concerns, and just like identifying patient priorities, just like reviewing options in a shared decision-making model. Those are specific skills, and so great CMIOs will assume that the physicians don't necessarily know how to optimize the use of technology in the exam room, so they will dedicate themselves to the skills of how do I interface with my computer and do what needs to be done throughout the course of the clinical encounter and the patient walking out and feeling like, God, that, the, the technology that they have at that place, holy smokes, that's, that's providing better care for me. And, and I felt really connected to my clinician. And, and there's, there's a set of skills that uh, great CMIOs will, will help support and deploy um, to support clinicians to connect and tap technology uh, synchronously. Yeah, that really resonates. When I was at Centera, I had the opportunity to work with the Practicing Excellence team, uh, work with the product, and I learned a lot about the different components that made visits successful and then subsequently made the provider successful. Uh, I used to get uh, called in, it was usually by an administrator who's frustrated, and they're asking me to come help, and this provider's struggling, they need at-the-elbow support. And when I got in there, I found that sometimes the EMR was the challenge, but other times it was their patient experience skill set really wasn't optimal, and therefore their whole confidence in how they were navigating the visit didn't seem like it was on target as well. So I found it was more than just EMR skills. And the coaching that I needed to do was outside of just pure um, uh, informatics. So do you find that too? I mean, do you find that to optimize a provider that we need to work on a range of skill sets, that there's never going to be this one thing that we fix in the uh, EMR that just magically makes the EMR better? Does that sound right to you? There's a real portfolio of critical things that clinicians can do in the exam room. So the patient walks out and says, man, that was, that was everything medicine should be. Uh, and we partition it 
uh, around three different things that we want patients to experience. Now, patients have got to feel heard, patients have got to feel cared about, and patients have to feel confident in their, in their clinician. So underneath each of those three domains is a set of skills. So for example, if you say, you know, patients have got to walk out and feel really cared about by their clinician, by the clinic, by what the clinician says and how they act. Uh, what are the skills that render that? And one of the, one of the skills, as an example, is the expression of empathy. Um, empathy is simply acknowledgement of a patient's concern, fear, or experience. And if you look at the data, about ninety percent of us will miss on, uh, or, or if you take 100 empathic opportunities in a clinical encounter, this has been studied on four separate occasions. 90% of all empathic opportunities inside that exam room, clinicians entirely miss. So when a patient says, you know, I lost my job and I can't afford the co-pays of my metformin, you know, that's an empathic opportunity. Or my back hurts so bad that I can't even get the trash cans up from the bottom of my driveway and there's really nobody around to help me and I'm really embarrassed that my trash cans have been sitting there for the entire week. And, you know, those are life experiences. And, and, and again, man, I'm so sorry you're having to go through that. That's got to be really, really tough. I can't even imagine. That's all empathy really is. And if you look again at the data that 90% of us missed that, not intentionally, not maliciously, we just, nobody ever mentored us, showed us, instructed us, guided us. It wasn't part of the composite of clinician development. And so um, that's one example of many. Um, there, there's examples of what do we do and say inside the exam room to render patient confidence? What do we do and say uh, so patients feel heard uh, and, and, and so it, it, I have found having coached and trained thousands of clinicians now over the years is that I've never met a clinician ever who could articulate why patients say what they say about them. They're not doing it intentionally. They're not doing it, uh, knowingly, uh, and, and building a learning organization that helps clinicians on the things that matter to allow them to be their best inside that exam room at the bedside is it really an imperative, not only for CMIOs, but for organizational cultures to build a culture of mastery, helping doctors become their best. And we found that that skill building and helping and supporting clinicians works way better than nagging us to improve our scores. I want to go back to that empathy part you just mentioned. Do you think providers are missing those empathy moments because they are heads down in the EMR, they're looking for data, they're figuring out which button to click to satisfy that quality metric? Is this something that the CMIO can help with? My theory is that if we make the EMR easier to use, providers can focus on the patients instead. Yeah, no, I think that there's there's no question that there's why clinicians miss 90% of empathic opportunities is sort of multifactorial. And certainly the presence of technology and the interface with their computer has been uh, represented a, a distraction from, from fully connecting and listening to the patient. So, so the more facile you get at the technical use of it, and, you know, just for example, what we coach and train physicians in the interface with the, um, uh, with the electronic health record 
it is number one, we spend the first 20 to 30 seconds knee to knee with the patient. I mean, fully dialed in. I mean, you, you've only got a few seconds to create that first impression and we've got to connect out of the gate. And uh, second is to ergonomically triangulate. So the electronic health record becomes a, a shared repository of information source. So you can educate, you can review the problem list, you can reconcile medications, you can do patient education right in front of you and you're working together on that shared screen. And the third guiding principle is if you do need to enter information during the encounter, you simply ask the patient permission. I, I want to make sure that I capture everything that you're saying. Is it okay if I type a few things while you talk? And patients are remarkably forgiving. So we give them some, some guiding principles uh, and give them a chance to get comfortable with the technology. Uh, and I think that opens the doorway to be uh, to begin to you know see and identify patient struggles and to be able to respond to them adaptively. So patients walked out and say, yeah, I was definitely, the, the, they care about me there. They care about me. When I started as a CMIO, I went to one of our clinics and entered into an exam room. And I see the computer is positioned so that I actually have to look over my left shoulder to see the patient. I never knew that I would need to have architectural skills to do my job and help providers deliver a great experience. But with this setup, the patient can't see my face, they can't see the screen, so they're not part of what, what I'm doing when I'm looking at the screen. Uh, they're looking at the back of my head or the side, and it's because of how the room is laid out. So it's really important to do what you said with using that EMR to engage with the patient, and this is where a CMIO does get involved. They help to set the care team up for success and positioning of the tools is part of that. You want to make it so that the patients and providers can collaborate with that EMR being a part of that visit but not being a distraction. Uh, I do want to jump into another comment that you made. We, and when I say we, I mean health systems, go to our providers and say, hey, be nicer. Um, here are your HCAP scores or your NRC picker results or whatever patient survey tool you're using and we then tell the provider your scores need to be better so go get better but just telling them to get better doesn't work so what are the right tools yeah no it, it's it's really really important and and I think the provision of help and support and I, I would even go so far to say that if you're provisioning individually attributed data to clinicians, uh, and particularly if you're transparent with that data, you have an obligation as an organizational leader to provide them tools to improve. To provision data without help and support to move the needle is just unfair. I mean, it's it's the afferent without the efferent arm of the reflex arc, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, so, so, so that's a first guiding principle. The second guiding principle is we have demonstrated again and again and again that the providing clinicians simple evidence-based behaviors in the exam room work. We just finished a, uh, a clinical trial with uh, Northwell Health where, uh, where the intervention was the work that we do is using uh, technology-based, app-based uh, micro-learning, um, which is two to three minutes at a time in a programmatic certification process of simple skills in the exam room to connect to patients. And so that was the intervention. And what we found is significant improvement in all domains of the, of the patient experience. Uh, and the secondary outcome was Maslock. And what we found was an even more profound impact 
on sense of fulfillment and purpose and accomplishment. And so we have found that when you help and support clinicians with the skills of listening, the skills of empathy, the skills of um, you know how to use humor in the exam room, the skills of you know the ergonomics and the interface of technology, uh, and, and we provide those in short, little, time-neutral chunks. Uh, that is by clinicians, for clinicians, helping each other on the things that really matter. And the byproduct of which is not you have improved your scores. You, you will. But I, I would say that the, the, the score improvement is the least consequential dividend of investing and supporting in clinician improvement. The most important thing is you're allowing clinicians to become the clinician that they envisioned. And, and that process is, uh, is immensely uh, important in, in physician retention. So we use, uh, we use the, the, the company that I founded, Practicing Excellence, uh, uses technology uh, to coach and train physicians because it's super hard to get them in a classroom and it's really super expensive yeah. <laughs> um, to take clinicians out of productivity. And um, you don't have to immerse them for eight hours of you know, training. You can give them little tiny bites of things that we know work that are pulled directly from the literature and allow and tap technology to create synchronous learning. Everybody's learning the same things at the same time. Um, and uh, we're seeing, you know, super excited results. So I've always had a hard time trying to convince our CFO that investing in patient and provider experience matters. But if they're trying to improve the financial side of the organization, and yes, they of course, they want the quality side to improve as well, but doesn't provider engagement matter? In my experience, a disengaged provider doesn't care about your cost, quality, safety initiatives. None of that matters to them. They're just trying to survive. Do you find that when providers engage with these tools that it then has an impact on provider well-being? Yeah, there's there, there's no doubt that that if you if you were to ever run the exercise, if it, there, there's good data that there's a strong correlation between the degree of patient centricity and the degree of clinician engagement. We had done research uh, at Practicing Excellence where we um, the survey was: um, is the environment that you practice in um, truly and authentically uh, patient centered? And what we found in our research was that when clinicians describe the environment that they're in as truly patient-centered, meaning we act and communicate and behave in a way that's what's, what's best and right for the patients that we serve is just who we are, clinicians that describe the environment like that have a four times lower probability of burnout than clinicians who feel as though they are a, um, an RVU center. And, and so building purpose-driven, we are here to make a difference in the lives of patients and we will do what is necessary to allow us to do that really, really well. There, there's good macro evidence that that's the case. And if you are ever curious about the impact on clinicians, get a room full of clinicians together and have them close their eyes for a moment and think about their best clinical moment that they've ever had and say, think on your own for just a couple of minutes. What's etched in your memory as your best moment as a clinician? And then pass the mic and let them tell their stories. And you will hear story after story after story, not of clinical sequelae, but of impact, relationships, and I was the doctor that I envisioned when I chose this profession in the first place.
So wait, Steve, you mean to tell me that providers aren't out there saying that the best experiences they've ever had is seeing 25 to 30 patients a day? Obviously, I'm being facetious here, but but the CFOs, they, they want to see they, they want to see the dollars. It's, it, it, so it, it's and the, the it, speaking of your, with your CFO, if you talk about what what is the route to financial success in this insane healthcare marketplace that we have right now, the leading indicator of your financial viability is the loyalty of your patients. And if you look at the data, um, it is ten times more expensive to go get a new patient than it is to keep the patient you currently have. Uh, if you look at the employed model, the average patient leakage, bad name, but leakage patients voluntarily leaving the system and getting care outside of the network, about half of which is because we just did not render the sort of experience that created loyalty. The average loss on a per physician basis in an employed model is three quarters of a million dollars per physician per year of loss by virtue of patients just going, ah, you know, I'm going to go see my outside OBGYN. It's just not that great here. And, and so, it, so the, the, the prospect of what happens when you create an experience for every single care team member so the patients walk out and say, everybody I know, love, and care about has got to come here for their care because this place is extraordinary. Not only does that create the capacity to have fin true financial breakthrough success in big margins, um, but it's also the correlate to retaining your best talent because clinicians, team members, nurses, support staff, they want to be a part of something that's do doing really, really great things. So there, there's unlimited benefit and compelling data that you can present to your CFO that a, that a patient-centric effort, including coaching and training and skill building, is, is well, it, it's, it, in my mind, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, you talk about the cost of getting a new patient back, but the cost associated with replacing providers or staff has to be factored in too. So how can CMIOs help with provider burnout and staff retention? And how do we help improve that provider experience? Utilizing your position, certainly to be able to, to, to get administrative burden out of their way. And, and part of that can be optimization and, and workflow. Our data showed that a uh, big survey we had conducted that when physicians feel as though the administrative burden is not being addressed where they are, their connectivity to patients is reduced by 78%. So it's a big deal. So if the CMIO you know, presents and interfaces and communicates and rounds with the clinician saying, what are the pain points that you have with your electronic health record and what can we do to help and support um, and some of the techniques that we talked about before uh, of, of helping with optimization we are here to help and helping you use the technology to the very best of its in your ability um, I think is a really compelling message when clinicians feel as though the CMIO here listens helps responds uh, is conducting work groups and they've got a whole team of super users that are just always seem to be around and you know I used to really hate this thing but I'm actually I think I'm pretty I think I'm gonna become a super user myself I got some really good skills now and you know we're getting we're getting coaching and training on how to interface with their patients using the electronic health record and our patients are really responding nicely to it um, 
And I think CMIOs, like anything else, I think recognizing clinicians that are really breaking through, uh, not only in terms of the use of technology, but are leveraging technology to better connect with patients and who are leading their work groups, who are collaborating and providing skills to others, are really simple things that CMIOs can do where, where we can begin to unburden clinicians that they feel listened to, appreciated, helped, and supported, and again, facilitated to become their, their best. I think the CMIO has a key role in fighting burnout. There was this uh, class survey, that's KLAS, the, the consulting company, that came out with this survey and said that the EMR is not the biggest driver of burnout. That it's things like chaotic work environment and increased administrative burden and micromanagement. Now, now the EMR is a contributing factor in all of those things, and it's probably hard to dissect out one from the other. But as the CMIO, should I focus on reducing clicks and alerts? Is that, is that still important? Or should I be focusing on reducing administrative burden and workflow issues? You know, I, I think the answer is yes. And I, I agree. I think my macro perspective, the degree of volume of protest against the electronic health record over the years is trending downward. And I think that there's, there's also um, suggested data that I know that you're aware of where uh, it's actually found to be enhancing patient connectivity in some environments. Um, so I think we're just getting better at it. And, and the CMIOs across the, uh, the country are, are taking a real ownership for helping and supporting and developing uh, clinicians. And I think it's getting better. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the administrative burden, um, we, we have found in terms of what do we do to help support clinicians so they like coming to work? Uh, a couple of key, key activities that we have found to be uh, predictable in terms of the, having their response. Number one is, um, it is a real listening stance of the leadership team. What are the things you need to be able to deliver the kind of care that you want to deliver? Um, it, it is an important rounding, focus groups, town halls, surveys. They're just constantly have their ear to the ground and, and, and listening. Number two, they have a response arm, meaning they have a registry of these are the things that clinicians are saying, um, and we've got a, a response mechanism. So it's a you spoke, we responded. Not that we're going to be able to fix everything, but clinicians feeling as though they are, are getting a response, I think, is a, is a vital attribute for those that are the top, very top decile of physician engagement surveys. The third thing is clinicians feel appreciated. And I think a deliberate and specific effort at all levels of leadership to call, email, write, have appointments with, celebrate, have plaques, whatever, by multiple mechanisms, you matter here, we value you, we appreciate you, and thank you so much for the extraordinary work that you and your team are doing. Super important, tactical thing that CMIOs and other leaders can and should do. The, the fourth thing is, is developing clinicians. Uh, mastery and getting really good at our work is actually been found not only in healthcare, not only with physicians, but all industries. Here where I work, they help me become better on the things that really, really matter. And that's where we're seeing big dividends, where, where healthcare systems are now investing in the talents and the abilities of their clinicians, so their clinicians can become really, really great clinicians with their staff as team leader, as uh, managing opioids or connecting to patients or being a good colleague with each other. They're investing in the skills of clinicians and having an investment in coaching and training and developing clinicians 
and then appreciating clinicians, listening to clinicians, responding to clinicians. Those are the simple things that CMIOs and other healthcare leaders can do. So clinicians say, there's no way I'm going anywhere else because this place is this place is everything I hoped it to be. That seems very doable and well within the scope of CMIOs. They just need to listen, have the ability to respond to things, make the clinicians feel appreciated, and help develop clinicians so that they feel like they have control over the tools that they need to practice. That's, that's right up the CMIO's alley there. Well, I do see that we are at our wrap time here. I, I want to thank you, Steve, for providing great insights into this topic. I certainly see the tremendous overlap between patient and provider experience and how CMIOs influence the success of those experiences. So how can people follow you or reach you? Sure, sure. So my, um, uh, the, the company that I founded, which is Practicing Excellence, uh, we call it the Clinician Experience Project. Um, you can find it at practicingexcellence.com, and we would love to talk to you about you know how do you tap physician development to allow clinicians to be their best. Um, and then uh, Twitter is at uh, sbsonmd. And uh, email is steven, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, at practicingexcellence.com. I would love to talk with your teams um, and your listeners about, you know, things that we can do to help clinicians, you know, love their work and be really, really good at it. So whatever I can do to help. Thank you, Steve. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to CMIO Podcast. I've been your host, Dr. Mark Weissman, and you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or email at cmiopodcast.com. Send me your ideas for shows, guests you'd like to hear from, general feedback, or hey, just to connect. I look forward to bringing you our next episode.